0: Welcome to those catholic shrinks with lisa and Regina.
1: your favorite podcast about mind body and soul welcome back everybody we're here again for another podcast and we are so excited about this topic today we think it's really important we have a question from one of our listeners that we're going to be getting into in a little bit but first mm. lisa what are you drinking
0: i'm actually out of season I'm drinking, it's a watermelon mint tea. Ooh. Yes, my uh, wonderful friend Julie got this for me. And every time I drink it, people are like, oh, what does that smell? It's my delicious watermelon tea. Oh my gosh. We're in the middle of like pumpkin spice season, but. We are, and I'm cheating today
1: because I'm actually drinking (laughs) a decaf (laughs) pumpkin spice latte. I didn't even know that's what was in your cup. It is. (laughs) So no tea for me today, but I'm kind of jealous. I really want to try Mm -hmm. this watermelon mint tea.
0: It comes in a cute little tin, too. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to, like, plant flowers in later?
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like it could be, I don't know, I haven't
0: tried it, but I feel like it could be a winter tea potentially. mm
1: Or is the watermelon pretty strong? The watermelon's pretty strong. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but it makes a really great iced tea. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Oh, it's like, it's really lovely.
1: We're doing, okay, in the summer, make a note, we're doing iced tea in the summer.
0: Yes. Why haven't we drank iced tea yet? Well, I feel like it would offend <laughs> our British listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. Um, yes, yeah, so you know, like all typical Floridians, we don't have fall weather. Mm-hmm. so, It's appropriate to make sure you're drinking some type of pumpkin beverage. Exactly. That's the only way we know it's fall is when Starbucks changes their signage. Right. And instead of it being 95 degrees, it's 80 degrees. (laughs) so
0: true. (laughs) I love it.
1: Okay. So we have a question. Some of you have been sending questions into our email and we're really excited about Mm. hopefully incorporating more of this into our show. And, you know, just be aware that we might not be able to answer every question on the podcast, but... If you feel like you'd want an opportunity to have us address something on the show, send an email. We're not always going to be able to answer every email, but hopefully we'll be able to get to you on the show. And Mm. so our first that we're going to talk about today is from an anonymous listener. And they basically talked about a difficult time in their family where they lost two really significant family members, just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, this onset of really serious health issues. And they were almost wondering a little bit about could this have been something that was evil that happened Mm. to our family. And at the end, they spoke about, you know, their main question was, have you ever had clients that because of a serious loss in the family, that became a major cause so that the client was diagnosed with depression even though before they never had that formal diagnosis. So we thought we could spend a little bit of time addressing all those points mm-hmm. about what happens when we lose a family member and what are all the dynamics that happen with that and yeah. evil versus not. And
0: Absolutely. And one of the intriguing parts I found was the beginning, the question of, is this something evil that happened to my family? Especially because it sounds like it was very sudden, very unexpected, yeah. um, and that it was two family members. Right. And so I think you and I probably both get that question a lot. This is evil. Why did this happen? Why is this part of God's plan, you know? Right. And I think it's so important to, for us to understand that this was never part of God's plan and that death is a result of original sin. And so therefore does have roots in something evil, but that meaning that it's not something that God wills. Right. And if you look back at the beginning in Genesis, if we're looking at um, Adam and Eve and the creation of the world, everything is, and He created it, and it was good, mm. you know. Yeah, and that God intended life for us. Mm. He intended joy. Mm-hmm. He intended to fill all of our needs, to fill the desires of our hearts. Like those were the things that God willed for us, right. um, and it was only through sin and through. The fall of man that death entered the world right and so I think that helps a lot in knowing like no God didn't plan this now does God come into history and does he also share in that suffering with us absolutely and so death in the beginning is an evil but God himself has come experienced it and then redeemed it for us right and so there's always going to be suffering inherent in it even when you look at christ as um, mary and martha call for him and bring him to the tomb of their brother and he stands there and he weeps so yes like when we face death there's deep deep sadness there Mm -hmm. because of that experience of suffering and this inherent knowledge that this is not right
1: Right. This is not the end.
0: Mm-mm. This is not natural. No, this is not what's supposed to happen. You know, I was recently at a school doing crisis counseling because their community had lost somebody. Mm. And one of the little kiddos said, we were explaining, you know, this person went to heaven. It was very sudden. And they said, well, that's not fair. Mm. It's like, mm, yeah, a four-year-old knows this. Right. Like, it's a deep, inherent knowledge that we have. and But that's what God does, though, is he comes in. He enters into time with us, Mm -hmm. enters into our experience, Mm. takes it fully, and then flips it on its head.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's what the cross is. That the greatest sin that ever happened in the world, the death of God himself, pure innocence, Mm -hmm. then becomes the source of our salvation.
1: Right, Right. And so
0: with each death, great and small in our life, we can see that. We can see the evil, we can see the pain, we can see the suffering, and then we can also see the life that springs anew from it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it's very much a deep, deep mystery. And I explain to people, like, one of the things that bothers them is that they're having doubts. I say, oh no, this is like the deepest mystery of our faith. It's called the problem of pain. Right. Like understanding where suffering comes from in our existence is the greatest mystery that we have, not, maybe not the, I mean, transubstantiation is pretty high up there <laughs> and the Trinity, you know, but it <laughs> you know. is, it's like, we're talking top five mysteries here. So for us to be struggling with it, like humanity has struggled with this question.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like that's what I love about it in a way that's the gift of our faith as difficult as times like this can be, and as trying as times like this can be, we at least have an opportunity through our faith to see that suffering and pain as redemptive and as having meaning and purpose, Mm. where I feel like with other philosophical ideologies that are out there, you don't necessarily have that answer. And I feel like it's just that one little tiny little sliver of some type of like (laughs) tiny glint of silver lining, a little mini light at the end of the tunnel, where, you know, there's, like you're saying, it's that redemptive aspect. And like you said before, God wants to give us life. And so we know that that's not the end. Yeah. Almost like death is a way of saying that heaven exists because we know we're designed for eternity.
0: Yes. And we know that
1: that's wrong. Like your four-year-old <laughs> that you spoke to. This, this is not right.
0: Yeah. That's not fair. You're right. And I think our society is so removed from death in a lot of ways. That when we experience it, we kind of want to, like, shove it away from us as quickly as possible. And we'll try to paint things on top of it, you know, with, like, this was part of God's plan. Or this is how it was supposed to happen. But that's not true. And I think deep down we know that. And that's why it still pricks at us. Right. Is because, you know, we repeat what we don't repair. So I think deep down in our souls, because we're created in an image of likeness of God. We know that, but this isn't what I was created for. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't part of a plan. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, this is a huge detour into a really awful neighborhood. <laughs> and how do we get back on on track, mm-hmm. you know? But I love that, yeah, even even littles understand that because they have a deep sense of justice.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Um, and so they recognize, like, nope, that's not just, that's not right. And they can pick it up in a heartbeat they don't need that deep theological training because it's written into their hearts. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's kind of like part of, you know, in our Christian walk, how grief can play a role in that. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about bringing meaning out of it. And I don't mean to sound very condescending because that is like the last thing you want to hear when you're grieving a loss. Like, oh, just have more faith in God and, you know... (laughs) this is your cross to bear. And, Mm. you know, essentially it's this nice little sugar-coated way of saying suck it up. And so Mm -hmm. that is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to get at as, you know, someone who's removed from that grief situation. Uh, We always know when we look back on our past, whenever we've been through a difficult time, that we can sort of see how something greater was brought about from it. Mm -hmm. And there was some greater good. And so our role as christians is how do we give those griefs and those pains and those sufferings to god and unite that suffering Mm. so that it can either be redemptive for us or someone else or whatever the situation might be and so It's a huge task. Oh, yeah. It's totally one of those easier said than done situations that, (laughs) and when you're in the middle of it, you cannot think rationally that way and say, oh, okay, I'm going to wake up and now I'm going to be offering this up to the Lord and bring about redemption to the world. (laughs) Like, no, like I just had two family members pass away. Like, this sucks.
0: Suddenly. Yeah.
1: Suddenly. And it is, I mean, it's horrible. It's Mm -hmm. crappy. Yeah. You know, part of what's helpful to think about this in light of, you know, some of the psychological aspects are the stages of grief. Yeah. And it's a really popular thing that people talk about, the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be aware of, you know, where am I at in this place? You know, which stage of grief am I on? And it's mm-hmm. an important thing to know, too, that the stages of grief don't happen in order. Nope. They can happen in any order, at any time. For
0: any length of time. Any
1: length of time. And you might not experience all five stages either. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of briefly go through them. So there's denial and isolation. In denial, you might find yourself in that initial shock, right? If a family member receives a diagnosis of a terminal illness or you get sudden news that someone passed away, it's that, mm-hmm. no, like, this is not happening. Yeah. You know, n- no. And we become very isolated because we're just kind of in our heads about this. I resist yeah. what's happening. Once that reality sets in, we can that shifts to anger, the second stage mm-hmm. of grief where we're upset about what just happened, about the passing or the diagnosis, we might project that anger onto our loved one who's Mm -hmm. ill or for leaving us
0: yeah. or to a
1: doctor who Mm -hmm. can't do
0: anything or God himself or God himself, Mm -hmm. absolutely ourselves too, I should have done more yes, Mm -hmm. I
1: should have done more I think that's the bargaining stage yeah. step three of Mm -hmm. thinking about if only I'd spent more time with them, if Mm -hmm. only I had right, if there was something more I could have done,
0: or if I do these things like you'll make this untrue you'll rewind it
1: right mm-hmm. or even bargaining with god you know yeah. take me take anybody give me the mm-hmm. illness and please don't let me lose this person yeah
0: mm-hmm. right
1: absolutely um the fourth stage of grief is depression
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's that really feeling the impact of the loss mm-hmm. right now yeah. this person is gone or mm-hmm. they're about to be gone
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we can't change it they're not coming back yep It's the finality of it,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: we're starting to see the impact on that emotionally.
0: Yeah, and feeling that lack of hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the feeling of the deep sadness, and then this kind of sense that there's nothing good coming from this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And that kind of gets at our listener's question, too, depression, you know, is this something that... I had a family member pass away. Can I have depression from that, even Mm -hmm. though I've never had it before in the past? And, you know, I'm kind of tangenting off for a second, but I feel like, you know, the answer to that could be yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we think about depression as a stage of grief, that's a very normal reaction. Yeah. And so there's, I would say, different categories of depression. So Mm -hmm. we have, as when we're grieving someone, of course, we're going to not be thinking clearly we're gonna have cloudy mm-hmm. judgment we're gonna be lethargic not sleeping well or sleeping too much not eating, not eating all mm-hmm. of those things and that's just a natural response to the impact of not being able to see our loved ones yeah. all the time or knowing that we're not going to be seeing them very mm-hmm. soon and that's very normal
0: yeah very normal
1: very normal
0: <laughs> i really want to emphasize that word Normal, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You bring up a good point, mm-hmm. so that's again part of a stage we have to go through mm-hmm. when we're grieving someone, we can't go around it,
0: yeah.
1: It's part of that normal grieving experience. Mm-hmm. And to our listeners' question, well, then can I get depression from this? Sometimes you could, mm-hmm. right? And so, there's a period of time and we're not going to put a time period on it No, um, because everyone grieves differently. And
0: every situation is different. I mean you could lose somebody suddenly or you could they could be sick for a year and a half
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: so we can't really it's hard to put a time frame without talking about the individual circumstances.
1: And each individual who's impacted yeah. right and your own mm-hmm. tolerance level of stress and yeah what's happening in your life around that event at the time. Yeah. And so the question is, is this a prolonged period of time where mm-hmm. you're continuing to show these symptoms where, mm-hmm. okay, day by day we learn how to live without this person even though we still miss them terribly, mm-hmm. where we wish they were here, we think about them often, but are we able to kind of get back into our normal functioning of life at some point, doesn't have to be immediately, certainly not. Nobody Mm -hmm. would want that to happen. Mm -hmm. After you've had that proper grieving time, are you able to get back into your daily living like you were before? Yeah. Or are you not? And that's really where that Mm
0: -hmm. official
1: clinical diagnosis could potentially come in.
0: Yeah. And that's where we talk about how is this impacting your job, how is this impacting your relationship with your family? How is this impacting your relationship with your friends? So if it's gotten to the point where people are saying like you you don't have friends anymore, Mm -hmm. or your job is saying like, look, we've given you all this time, but like we need you back at work, or you're not completing tasks the way that we need you to, um, even after a period of understanding or not being able to kind of meet your basic needs, then we start asking those questions. But again, there's no hard line it's so hard when people ask these questions to say, like, I mean, the DSM has like very clear guidelines, but again, we're taking into account individual circumstances. Right. So and trying to understand where people are in that, you know, somebody who can't make it to the grocery store on a regular basis and is ordering takeout all the time and, you know, is constantly hitting the snooze on their alarm, but is single. Looks very different than if this is a person who has five children at home. Right. You know, so right. again, like circumstances, and again, like now that person who has five children at home, have they been doing this for a week? Understandable. Has this been going on for a year? This is different, you right. know, right. Um, versus the person who's single and this has been going on for a year, but none of their relationships are affected. Like there's so many, right. so many factors and questions that are involved in it. Absolutely.
1: And so I think the important piece would be if you notice that you're really not comfortable with how you're experiencing those symptoms of depression, Mm. right? If you're in that stage of grief where you're feeling depressed and things aren't, something's just off, right? That might be worth a visit with a counselor Mm -hmm. and they would be able to tell you the difference between, hey, this is totally normal grief, Mm -hmm. like not to worry, let's help you get through this time. Yeah, Or Actually, you know, this might actually be turning into something a little more chronic, Mm
0: -hmm. and we want to
1: help you with that as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you too that as a counselor, I've told people, no, what you're going through is totally normal grief. Mm -hmm. Like they come in thinking this, that I'm absolutely depressed, this is a clinical diagnosis, and Mm -hmm. I say, no, you literally just lost somebody. Right. The way I describe it is like a bomb being dropped. Right. And when a bomb drops, There's all of this dust and all these things that get thrown up into the air, Mm -hmm. and you can't see clearly because there's all of this debris either falling or just kind of in the air, and... That A lot of times people come to me in that moment and say, I think I'm depressed. And I say, there's no way for you to know yet. Right. Because this situation hasn't completely settled. Yeah. Once all the dust clears, all of the big pieces have stopped falling. Now we can assess the situation. Mm -hmm. But there is a time period where like, no, I can't assess you for depression for this right now because the bomb just dropped.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so what you're experiencing now is normal to a certain extent. Right.
1: And I think that brings us to our fifth stage of grief, Mm. our final stage, the acceptance stage. Mm. And acceptance doesn't mean that, oh, I'm happy with what happened, right? And I come to this place where I'm like skipping down the rainbow of (laughs) (laughs) like, yes, I accept everything and this is wonderful. But we come to that place of Mm. what you just mentioned, that the dust has settled And now I can see clearly enough to figure out where do I move on from here? Yeah. How do I move forward? Not necessarily moving on because we can never forget. Mm -hmm. But what do I do about this now? Yeah. So you come to a place where you're basically done bargaining. You're done with the anger. Everything's settled. Mm -hmm. We're starting to feel oriented and grounded and normal again. Yeah. Still with that void. And so how Mm -hmm. do we... How do we embrace and process that? Yeah. And I think a lot of people do do that, beat themselves up and are upset that they're upset. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very meta.
1: Yeah. They think they shouldn't be upset yeah. and that, like you said, oh, my gosh, drive depression is something wrong. And mm-hmm. the reality is we don't want to hide from our grief. We want to embrace it because that's the only way we're going to get through it. Yeah.
0: And the way I describe it, too, is that everything in the DSM, So depression is a normal human behavior, just either taken to the extreme or to the minimum, Mm. you know? And so grief, sadness is a normal human response. It is a good human response, which sounds so strange, but it is, and it's kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's that interior deep knowledge that this is not right. Right. That's an emotion that's supposed to signal to us something is not right here assess this situation yes when you're happy you're not assessing the situation you're like let's keep this going let's keep this train moving Mm -hmm. you know and so we look at i mean there's no other way of describing them as positive versus negative emotions but negative emotions don't mean you should never feel them right they're just signals and so depression in the dsm basically means like this has gone to such an extreme that it's negatively, it's harmfully impacting your life. Right. You know, but sadness and grief are normal things. They're yes. good things. They tell you, like, stop, fix something in your surroundings, take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of the people around you. Yeah. But that's a good thing.
1: That's a very good thing. hmm and to be rely on that community around you to help take care of you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a community, find one, (laughs) right? (laughs) So yes, dear listener, we thank you so much for your question and know that you are in our prayers. And we hope that you're able to get connected with whatever resources around you and rely on your community to support you and know that this is normal. You are normal and there's meaning behind what's going on. Well, thanks so much, guys.
0: Yeah, and if you have a question, we would love to hear from you. We get really excited when we get questions in. So um, email us at thosecatholicshrinks at gmail.com. And we're looking forward to talking to you all next time. See you later.